You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. And we are back, folks, for another edition of the Michigan Recruiting Insider. And I think I said recruiting domino effect. Well, a couple of weeks ago, we did an episode, Commit. Then last week, we did another episode, Commit. And now we're doing another episode this week and another Commit. Commit reactions three weeks in a row. Before we get started, let me remind you, folks, if you like this podcast, be sure to rate it, be sure to review it, be sure to tell all your friends about it. They can find it wherever they get their podcasts. It's Google, Stitcher, Spotify, iTunes, you name it. Of course, if you watch us on YouTube, like the video, subscribe to the channel. That way you help us continue to grow, and you'll get a notification every time we do a new video. But if you really want to show love and support, the best way to do it is go over to the MichiganInsider.com. Subscribe there. $1 gets you in for your trial period. You get access to all the football, basketball, recruiting intel, team coverage, VIP message board, all the other sites on the 24-7 Sports Network, access to them all. Then once you become a full-paying member, you'll also get access to Paramount+. Plus. It is great bang for your buck. All right, but now with all of that out of the way, let's get to the nitty-gritty, and that is another commitment for the maize and blue, Blake Frazier is in the fold. You might recall that as we were doing the reaction to Jaden Davis's commitment, said, hey, this is the start of a domino effect. As we were down there covering it in Charlotte, I put in a crystal ball. Maybe the night before, I put in a crystal ball for Andrew Sprague. And it was very clear that Andrew Sprague was looking like he was going to be the next one in the fold. Lo and behold, that happened. And I got even deeper into the domino effect after that, saying specifically on the offensive line. You just had Andrew Sprague in the fold. This is on the heels of the Ohio commits in there. Guys might start feeling the the squeeze a little bit, and they want to push up their timelines. The first name I mentioned, Bryce Marriage, was legacy recruit Blake Frazier. And sure enough, Blake Frazier is in the fold now for the maize and blue. Huge, huge, huge pick up. Top 247 offensive tackle from Austin, Texas. Like you mentioned, Sam, he's a legacy guy. Um, his father, Steve Frazier, playing for the Wolverines back in the late 90s. He won a national title with Michigan. So Mason Blue always ran through Blake's veins. Like they, I mean, come on. He was always going to take a look at Michigan. But the thing is, Michigan recruited him like he wasn't a legacy recruit. And throughout this whole process, that was something that really resonated with him and also his family. I mean, crazy part again, he's six foot five, two sixty, but for the majority so far of his high school career, he played tight end. He wasn't even playing off its tackle. His you know, high school coach switched him over to tackle. He's like, Man, you can move, you got a great frame, and you got great genes. I think let's try you along the offensive line. So far, now he's up to thirty offers. He's committing to the Joe Moore back-to-back award-winning offensive line team, essentially, I think that was a good choice by his coach. But, yeah, this is a guy I think is going to fit perfectly. I know he was, when I talked to him after his visit in March, when he was up with Jaden Davis and Jordan Marshall and Brady Prescore and all those guys, he's like, well, I'm really liking it, but I'm going to take my time. I'm going to take the official visits, and I'm going to get back and kind of at that point, pick a school, 
I think the way Michigan's recruiting off the line, he saw what was happening and said, at this point, why wait? What's the point of waiting when I know where I want to go? And with the numbers kind of filling up and then kind of getting full, he took a spot. And at this point now, there's only so many spots remaining. We could see more dominoes fall with this commitment as well. Yeah, man, it is. You you got to feel like that weekend, that pivotal weekend with, with Jaden Davis planted to see. Now, I think Michigan probably would have gotten this young man anyway. But momentum is a is a big deal. And I remember Jaden saying, man, I all these guys that I was in that picture with, I think, he said, I think we're getting all of them. I think they're all they're all coming to Michigan. Jordan Marshall was in the picture, right? Um, obviously, Jaden, Blake Frazier. Now he's in the photo. The last one is Brady Freescorn. We'll see how that one goes. But the word out of that visit remind, to remind folks, and we mentioned this on the last episode, was that he was feeling it so much that hey, he was ready to jump in the fold. There, that's what some of the other folks on the visit were saying. And that at that point, they were like, look, don't make an emotional decision. Let's do our due diligence. I think he – didn't he visit Texas after that, Bryce? I think I think he visited – Yeah, I, I think he did. Yeah. 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 Which is nearby for him. Yeah, it, right, right, right down there in Austin. And so, you know, sometimes if you go to another place and the feeling you had from where you just came doesn't go anywhere, like it doesn't give you any second thoughts about what you were thinking, then it's like – why not going? So even though I think part of this is, as we were talking about, you know, how much, how many guys you're going to take, and I think we both agree they'll probably take six offensive linemen, right? Him being a legacy guy, probably almost assured that a spot was going to be set aside for him. But if you go see another place, and you're like, I'm still thinking Michigan, like you said, Bryce, why wait? And I think I think that ultimately. That's what would happen here. Like, he was feeling Michigan so much, he did take a look at some other places and talk to other coaches. And he was trying to be like, Michigan is where I want to be. And you talk you talk about an athlete, Bryce. This is a guy who could project anywhere along the offensive line. I mean, even center, like, is like, like oh, man. I mean, he could, he could literally, he's athletic enough. His IQ, IQ is high enough. He could be that quarterback in the middle of the line if you wanted him to be that. This is truly an offensive line chess piece for Michigan. Yeah, and so w- when you talk about numbers, you're wondering, okay, how how do these guys fit in? One of the biggest things with Sharon Moore and his recruiting is he looks for guys that are very versatile, and he calls it p- position flexibility. And that is exactly what Blake has. And like I said, I mean, Michigan offered him – he was there. Michigan was the third offer in his recruitment, and that was before he even played offensive line in high school. So Michigan could see his athletic ability, his frame, and also his upside. And overall, it's a guy they projected being elite. And at this point, I know right now, 24-7 sports at least has him with an 88 grade. I think that's going to move up eventually, especially when he gets his more film out there after a senior season. But I look at this guy easily as a top 150, maybe even a top 100 type of player. He's an elite prospect. And with Andrew Sprague or Sprague in the fold already, you got Luke Hamilton and Ben Roebuck. You're talking about some big, big, big dudes here, yeah, Sam. Yeah. Some big dudes. Yeah. And 
the nice part is they're good chess pieces where you can move around. They're not pigeonholed to one certain spot. And that's the beauty in all of this. And overall, it also helps Texas recruiting, which they're, if you've been noticing, they're recruiting a couple other offensive linemen and the Lone Star State as well. So that could help too. Yeah, man. It, it puts you, puts them in a very, very interesting position because I, I won't get into names. But I've heard that Michigan has turned down line commits, or at least one, um, one target that they were on that they had offered that wants to, wanted to come, and they were like, "Man, you know, you you get to the point where you have got to to start narrowing your your point of view, your perspective on the line as you add more guys to the fold." And I think Michigan has has done that. So there there is a handful of guys that remain really really high on the board. So. Jake Granera uh, from down there in Florida, who Steve said he almost put in a crystal ball for. You and Steve Wilfong put in a crystal ball for. And I just dropped the crystal ball on Jake Granera on Friday. I feel really, really good about how Michigan is trending with him, like they're standing with him at the moment. Uh, Max Anderson is a guy that I think – do you have a crystal ball in for Max Anderson? I do not. Steve does. Steve does. So you got, does. you got him out there. We talked about Brandon Baker on the last episode. Something happened with his flight. Uh, wasn't able to sort of get in uh, as expected, but still going to take that OV uh, in June. So that's the number one offensive tackle in the country, right, that you're still on. You still got Walt Claire Smith, who's who's out there, who is a, is a guy that we know that um, – Jaden Davis is out there pursuing or, you know, trying to recruit for Michigan. Actively. Actively, actively. recruiting. And so, his father. Yeah. It's not just Jay. <laughs> right. Wife. Right. So you, you wind up in this spot where you if you assume they're taking six and they have four in the fold now, you got a handful of guys vying for two spots. It's a great spot. <laughs> I mean, it's a great place to be in. Uh, if you're Michigan, uh, you do wonder if – let, let's say, let's say for the sake of argument, that of those guys, the only one I have a crystal ball in for is Guinera. Let's say they get Guinera. Bryce, you're you're in a very, very interesting spot because they are in great shape with Max Anderson. But here you have the number one offensive tackle in the country looking to come in in, in June. And I know I'm missing someone. There's some other few Ben and Warren. Bennett Warren, yeah, Bennett Warren, very high on Michigan. He was talking about Michigan being a leader. You're going to have – He told me, yo. Yeah, you're going to have legit four or five guys that might be in contention for one spot at the, at the very end there. I mean, like I said, one of those good problems to have, right? It could be first come, first serve. And I hate to say it like that when you have the number one offensive tackle still on the board, but you have to eventually have a, a stop to this. You know what I mean? A limit to it. You can't just – take 100 off its line. And as much as Jim Harbaugh might love that, you have to have spots for others, you know, positions. And we, we like we mentioned on the other podcast, the possibility of, okay, if you do, and I'm not, I don't think they're ruling it out either, but if they did decide to push it to seven, which they could, they could. The problem with that is, one, your offensive line room gets really big. So at that point, you're almost expecting the transfer portal to be a given, you know. And the second thing is that usually means you have to take away from another position. Yeah. 
So who's going to – I don't think any position coach is going to raise their hand in that meeting and say, sure, <laughs> take one of my numbers away. Right. I don't think that's how that works, right. you know? Right. So it's a tough spot, but I think at the same time, it's a great problem to have. This is why you're an elite program, and this is why the big schools – like you see Alabama, you've seen Georgia, Ohio State, and other schools do so well over the years is because they have these problems and they know how to navigate through them. And that's what Michigan's doing. And let's just say hypothetically, it's Max Anderson. That's the guy that ends up committing to Michigan. Let's say they settle on six. If that's your six you get, I think you walk away very happy with that hole because that is one of the top holes and the whole country, regardless of getting the number one off attack or not, you're filling needs at the center position, the guards positions, and the tackle positions. And that's all you can ask for. Absolutely. Yeah. Sharon Moore is killing it. I mean, I, we have we said that too much already? You can't say it enough. Sharon Moore and is killing it. He's got more on his plate. <laughs> this is, I mean, that's the crazy part about this. Yeah. We thought when he got the OC title – he might not be his hands on with recruiting and well i mean he... look i i think i think how they have deployed him has changed a bit a- out of necessity i mean a you a, have to a coordinator right. cannot be as 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 ever present on the recruiting trail as a position coach you just can't you can't do it now you can't be a zero I mean, <laughs> Your I mean, your, right. your recruit your offensive and defensive coordinator they can't be zeros as recruiters like they they got to be closers they got to be finishers they got to be sort of like head coaches except a little more involved out on the trail right and I think they have settled into uh, a a situation with Sharon where he's found that balance where yeah his primary focus is on coordinating for the team but and and really really hyper focusing in on his on his position, and then sort of filling in, making sure he touches all of the offensive commits. So what I anticipate happening as the evaluation period opens up uh, with with only a handful of guys for two spots, I think it frees Sharon up to do something like, I think I expect to see him like drop drop in on all the offensive commits uh, in the class, right? The other thing that it frees him up to do Start focusing more on 25 recruiting. But then that, that, that spot duty, that recruiting spot duty that he used to do where he could drop in on Darion Green-Warren and Cali and recruit him and drop in on Dax Hill and be his, his primary recruiter. By getting his recruiting for his position out of the way, likely by mid to late June, now you can maybe utilize Sharon a little – little more like you used to as like that heavy hitter. Like you need some help in a recruitment. Now Sharon's going to have a little more time to dedicate to those recruitments, Bryce. Whereas because he's a coordinator and the offensive line coach that, you know, if you didn't have your class full, his primary focus would have to be on those things. Absolutely. And I think the other thing too, and I've said this and this is just my opinion, but I think this is Jim Harbaugh's best coaching staff in terms of recruiting ability. I don't really see a hole on this coaching staff. You know, I know people have had their um, knocks on Mike Hart. Well, then he lands a top 100, you know, running back at Jordan Marshall. And his evaluations so far, 
seemed to be pretty good because Benjamin Hall, Sam, he looked pretty solid in that spring game. Yeah, he did. You know, yeah, for a did. guy that a lot of people didn't want in this class, supposedly, he, uh, fans, he looked pretty fans. good. And then you, I mean, fans didn't want the class. Right. So. And then you look at, you know, some of the new hires, Kirk Campbell, what he's been doing with quarterback recruiting. You look at CP, what he's, I mean, done with linebacker recruiting and other recruitments on top of that as well. I just don't see any holes. And like you said, if Michigan can basically set their offensive line board and close shop by summertime, and then he can put his fingerprints on other recruitments going forward into the fall and winter, man, that (laughs) could make a world of difference. And you kind of already see that in other recruitments. I mean, you see Jay Harbaugh with Gatlin Bear in Idaho, you know, with, who's a wide receiver, and obviously he's the safeties coach, but he recruited Colston Loveland. So you see guys go in certain areas and territories. But Sharon Moore, he just seems to have a, a knack about him. I mean, you look at the recruitment of Daxton Hill, how pivotal he was in that recruitment to land him and keep him. You know, when Alabama looked like they had him in the fold and Michigan was able to reel him back in, Trill Moore was a big reason why he decided to come here. So there's a lot going in Michigan's direction in their favor. And I just, I don't know, man. I, I've been asked this a lot on the board, Sam, and I'm curious about your opinion on this too, but I I don't see anything worse than a top seven class. Oh, no. I mean, how they're positioned with so many top guys. Yeah, definitely And top how 10. the momentum is going right now. I mean, like you said, every podcast we seem to be talking about a new commit. So, and these are not just some, you know, low three stars, project guys, that developmental guys. These are guys that I think can make impacts early, you know, in their college careers as well. So there's a lot to be excited for, especially with offensive line recruiting from the here, now, and also in the future. Yeah, man, it's... Like I said, let's call those good problems. A good problem to have for us is we're going to have Eugene Hankerson join us here on the podcast coming up. Before we get to to Gene, though, let's talk about another guy. So we're going to be talking to Gene about a defensive line prospect from Pennsylvania, at least one of the guys we're going to talk to him about. Defensive lineman from Pennsylvania that Michigan is trending up in a big way with it. He's an under-the-radar guy, at least by the recruiting services, but by coaches – I mean, he he has one of the best offer lists uh, offer lists in in PA. So one of the hottest prospects in the East. But let's talk about another prospect in the East that the Wolverines are trending up with, Bryce. And you've written a couple of pieces on him. I think Steve has as well. He spent I want to say three days, a three day visit for Dominic Nichols out of the. Can you say the city he's from in Maryland, Bryce? Here I am throwing the throwing yeah. the pronunciations on you. Listen, I got. Poly Poly. I got I got that one. I'm I think not... it's Iamsville, Maryland. Iamsville. I'm, I'm sure oh. we'll hear from people in the comments. If I mess that up, people in the comments will tell me, hey, it's not whatever. It's not well, Iamsville, goes, Sam. It's in Maryland, and he goes to Oakdale High School. How about that? <laughs> so if you really want to look on it, map quest it. Yeah. So that, that's – but, yeah. So talking about Dominic Nichols. Six foot five, two hundred forty-five pounds, edge rusher. Michigan recently offered him. Um, Mike Elston, defensive line coach and defensive analyst, kind of works with the uh, 
edge rushers on the team currently, Dylan Roney, both have been tag team this recruitment. He was up here with his grandmother, his family, and from everything I heard from him and people around that visit was, you know, three days. That's a lot of time in a spot, Sam. And there's going to be dolls. There's going to be moments where it's just not a bunch of stuff going on. I was told that was not the case. He was thrilled. He was having a great time from start to finish. He loved every second of it. And now I've heard Michigan has really won the teams to look out for in this recruitment. Even though Penn State is trending right now in the crystal ball, Michigan has instantly become one of the top contenders in this recruitment and a team, like I said, to look out for. So that's the guy I think Michigan really likes what they've seen on film. They got to see him in person, get his measurements. I guess he's bigger than what he's listed as well. And overall, I think this is an area and a position I think they're going to take a couple. So we've talked about guys in the past like a Brian Robinson, you know. Yeah, come on. You know he's a player. And I, I just, think B. Rob's going to be think, in his class. So we, we both have crystal balls for Brian, right? I think the whole network does. <laughs> <laughs> I, I, don't, right. I don't think it's just us. I don't think right. it's just – but, yeah. So – Overall, though, this was a guy that they knocked out of the park with. I really like what Michigan stands. And uh, this is, again, my opinion. But I even thought about putting a crystal ball for Dominic. Mm-hmm. That's how good I think the vision went as well. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Penn State is trending. Um, we'll get into this a little bit more later. But I think there's a little bit of an opening there with them having a new defensive line coach. Uh, I think that, that helps. I think an, another distinction because I think right after Michigan, he went to Virginia Tech, then Tennessee, and then I think he finished things out with a visit to Kentucky Saturday. And so, uh, but those are all one-day trips. And he's at Michigan for three days, Bryce. That's just, that's an opportunity to really, really form some some relationships, right? To form some connections. I, I think that was significant. For Michigan as well, you look at their track record with edge guys here of late. I think that's significant too. Uh, and then I think that's a thing. Like if you believe that Brian Robinson is going to be in the class, maybe this is one. This is another position where guys start to look around and say, hey, well, wait a minute. Because I am not done thinking that Michigan and Marquise Lightfoot, that's a thing. Now, I know you know, and you mentioned this before you came on, there's a lot of USC talk with Marquise Lightfoot, the four-star edge guy out of Illinois. He he has become this national prospect. His recruitment has exploded. Now, Michigan was one of the early adopters. Uh, I think that will always get them some some traction there. I think it's a matter of getting him back on campus soon, right, to get him back on campus as much as possible. And, frankly, they have another avenue of doing that because – yeah, I don't know if people have been paying attention, but now his his teammate, his new teammate is Marion Stewart, who was at Bolingbrook. Coach at Bolingbrook steps down, and he got, winds up going to another school. Uh, and now he's teammates with Marquise Lightfoot. I, I mean, and as much as we see a Marion Stewart around here, and that's not going to stop. I think that's another opportunity for Michigan in that recruitment, Bryce that could serve them well. So I say all of that to say edge recruiting could get real interesting here in the coming weeks too. 
Yeah, that's uh, that's definitely a position I'm keeping my eye out for. I know Marquis Lightfoot, like you mentioned, Darius or Darren Mayo um, yeah. from Aaron Child's school. I know that's another guy they're high on. Um, they're shooting for the stars. I've seen like a Dylan Stewart, the five star again, right there in um, the DC area. So there's a lot of guys though that I think they sit in really good position with. It's a matter of okay, what's your timeline? And will they speed up, especially if it one of these guys commits? Because in terms of the offensive line numbers, that's a big position group. That's a big number. With Edge, I mean, I obviously I think it's going to be two, maybe three. But you have one. Let's say you have one guy commit, right? And let's – hypotheticals again. Let's say it's Brian Robinson. Okay, and they're only planning on taking two. Sam, I'm not good at math, but that means there's only one spot left and you might have four or five guys still on the board. So it's this recruiting cycle is completely different than last cycle because right now it seems almost like most of these positions, it's a numbers game, you know? And this class, there's a good chance that most of it could be filled by summertime, which compared to last cycle – we were wondering who's going to be next commit and when that was going to happen, you know, because they only had so many commits at this time as well. So a lot's changed. I, and I think a big reason why is because you have a Jane Davis in the fold. Mm. You have some of these big names in the fold, you know, and Michigan can polish off those Big Ten titles and show that they're winning at the lean level. And the third and final thing I think is the whole Jim Harbaugh going to the NFL it is what it is at this point. Like, I, I think recruits, parents, coaches understand that the NFL is going to come calling for Jim Harbaugh. It is what it is. And when it first came out two years ago of him potentially going back to the league, it scared a lot of people and also helped fuel all their programs to use as negative recruiting. I don't hear about that as much anymore because – it's been out there so much that Michigan's just like, hey, you know, it is what it is. And most program and most players on the team, Sam, that you've done with behind the uniform have even stated to you that they're not even worried about it, that they didn't even second guess, maybe transfer anything like that to you. So I don't see the prospects feeling that way as well. And I think that's a big reason why this class is trending in such a great direction. Absolutely. Well, that's a great segue point or break point to bringing on Eugene Hankerson, uh, one of our correspondents uh, in PA, the DMV, up into Jersey, all out east. You'll be hearing more from Gene Hankerson over on the MichiganInsider.com. He'll make his debut here on the Recruiting Insider on the other side. So stay tuned. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me, because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates, like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash recommend today. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. 
And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. And I am pleased to welcome to the podcast for the first time. This is a veteran. He has been in the recruiting game longer than some of y'all have been alive. I remember the first time I met Gene Hankerson in person. We were at a Nike camp over at Penn State, and we were watching Shady, Shady McCoy, right? You remember LaShawn? He was LaShawn McCoy at the time. I don't even think he was in his – that wasn't even going into his senior year, was it? That was going into no, like his No, no, it was not. Sophomore year. Going into his sophomore year. So this was way, way back in the day when yep. I first met Eugene Hankerson. And when, if you want to know intel about recruits, especially in the Keystone State, but all the way up the eastern seaboard – Gene is the man, and he is going to be more involved in the MichiganInsider.com than ever before, kind of like back in the days of Go Blue Wolverine, right, Gino? Absolutely. Tom Beaver days. Golly. Yeah, Throw man. it back, Sam. Throw it back. Yeah, man. Take <laughs> us way back. Uh, and just to give you an idea, to tell you about Gino, how, how far we go back. So oh, Gene Christ. used to cover – the Army All-American game with me. I want to say this must have been Army All-American game circa 06 or 07. Might have been 08. It was, it was in the early 2000s. Anyway, so we're down there, man, and I'm grinding. Like I always got. Bryce, you know how we do. We grind, right? We, we go to places and, and we are in the gym or in the arena from sunup till sundown. So, man, I was sick on this one. I mean, I was double over, doubled over in pain with, with cramp. I mean, just bad, man, in a bad way. To the point where I had to go to urgent care. I could hardly walk. It was so bad. And so, Gene, I was like, man, you got to cover. I can't even remember who we were covering at that one, Gino. And so, you know, I go to the doctor, and he prescribed something to kind of help me, you know, kind of help the stomach. And so, I, you know, I'm starting to feel the medicine starting to work. And I'm like, Gene, hey, man, listen, bro, I don't know what this medicine is going to do to me, but, you know, might want to use the bathroom before I go. He's like, no, nah, I don't have to go. I don't have to go. Everything's good. I know you're sick. Go ahead, Sam. And I said, are you sure, Gene? He said, no, nah, I'm good. And so I'm about to go, and Gene's like, all right, I, let me just go ahead and get some out of the way because you sound like you're going to be in there for a minute. So I'm like, cool, okay. And, man, I'm sitting outside, and, and you understand, I'm doubled over in pain. And I'm thinking to myself, this dude just said he's going to be in there for a second. And next thing I know, I hear, uh. And I, I said, uh, man, what the hell are you doing? I was like, bro, you know I got to go to the bathroom. Man, this is, this is serious. Like, I'm out here dying. You barely said you had to go. Uh, my bad, Web. Like, man, what are we? What are we talking about? So for me to be still be friends with this man, after all that, that ought to tell you how good he is on the recruiting scene. I mean, he is he is legit on the recruiting scene because anything less than being fire on the recruiting trail, I'd have been done with this man after that point where he damn near had me die down in San Antonio, Texas. All right, Gino, so I think I – did I give the people an accurate – 
introduction to who you are? Yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> wow. Bro, you remembered all those details? Yeah, man. Oh, I didn't I just say I almost died? Anyway, Tito, <laughs> comedy out the way. Let's talk some recruiting, right? So we okay. just got done talking about how close Michigan is with Dominic Nichols, right? It feels like, you know, there are some prospects that made it to campus here recently, you know, spring game thereabouts or shortly after that they're trending up with. Nichols is one of them, but there was a kid before that who came to campus, and you said, if I had a crystal ball, I would throw my crystal ball in for him right now. You've been talking about this kid for quite some time. Yes, David Polly Polly, uh, a kid that's about probably about a half hour away from me. Um, so, like I, I was telling Bryce before we went on the air, this is a kid that I saw twice during the football season. Uh, first game was early on in the year against Dallas Town. I then saw him again um, versus Exeter, uh, which had the tight end Joey Schaefer going to Penn State, four-star tight, tight end. And um, so that's when I first noticed him, knew that he was going to be a big-time player. He didn't know that at the time um, because we really, really, like, went on to – to, to discuss it at that time we only had a Penn State offer this is in the fall things have obviously changed um and so he went on to visit to Michigan and the kid has just been non-stop raving about his experience and, and I didn't expect that because it was only just a one-day visit but he was like hey it was action-packed from start to finish never a dull moment and the Wolverines just became a mighty contender his recruitment so you think they leak? Because here's the thing. There was a lot of talk about Penn State, that Penn yes. State was out front, which makes sense, right? I mean, Penn right. State, they gonna, should rule the state. I don't know if Pitt is giving them any, any smoke now. But interesting, thing, well. interesting thing with, with Penn State. Hey, man, yeah, hey, look. Yeah, shout out to Archie Collins. You know, <laughs> Archie, hey, man, Archie does work over there with, with, with Pitt. So anyway, getting back over to uh, David Polly Polly, there was a whole lot of Penn State talk with him, Bryce, and I'm sure you can attest to this as well. But an interesting thing, and this might apply to Dominic Nichols too because there was some Penn State talk with him, but they got a new defensive line coach because John mm-hmm. Scott is not with Penn State anymore. He's with the Detroit Lions. And you, right. you look for openings, right? You look for ways to kind of wedge yourself into certain recruitments, and that just seems like a, a particularly big opening when recruiting against Penn State, recruiting defensive linemen against Penn State right now, uh, and they, they're trending up in a very nice way with David Polly Polly right now. I would I, I would absolutely agree. Plus, you got to remember, he's not a homegrown talent. You know, he's only been here for about, I think, three or four years at the most. Um, so he's not your normal in-state kid that has that loyalty to Penn State that's attached to the brand. Um, I've probably seen him do several interviews. He's been asked about this. Do you want to stay home and play for Penn State? Is that a big-time factor? He never said yes. Never said yes. And more importantly, um, you know, when he made these visits, his mom went on the last visit to Michigan with him, and that was big because she's she came away te- she came away saying that Michigan is her number one school. That's her favorite school. Mm-hmm. So hey. if mom likes it, what does that tell you? Yeah, hey man, it, hey, you're ahead of the game. It's not a, it's not a guarantee, right? But right. if mom likes it, you're in really, really good shape. Listen, if yes. if what mom wanted 
really was the BRN all just a whole lot more prospects Michigan would have had, right? I mean, Malik McDowell, right? Yeah. I mean, there, there yeah. are plenty of moms. It's a bunch of those. It's a bunch yeah. of those moms that they won, right? Yeah. But it didn't it didn't quite work out to get the uh, to get the kid. But maybe this will be one of the other kind where you win the mom, you win the kid. Because uh, they definitely seem to be trended up, and then he so he comes away from that visit like, hey man, I got to come back for OV, right? Yeah, he 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 was so far, fired up, and I waited a few days after speaking to him on Friday, after speaking to him on Saturday, I waited a little bit see if it wore off, you know, and uh, he was like, man, this thing just has a hold on me that I cannot shake, like I love it there, yeah. love it. You don't see too many recruits saying I love it there after a one day visit. He's never been there pre- previously, so I knew I knew this was big. And then when he said, "You know, mom's this is mom's favorite school," that that was big. Yeah, I feel about this uh, particular ranking, Bryce. Kind of how I felt about Blake Frazier. We were talking about how he's an eighty-eight, right? And Steve even said last week, "I, I just think it's just a matter of of the scouts getting more eyes on him." I think the same thing with, with David Polly Polly, maybe even more so when you consider his offer. I mean, his offer list is ridiculous. You got SC, mm-hmm. you got Tennessee, you got Oklahoma, you got Ohio State, Notre Dame, Michigan, Florida, Auburn, Penn State. I mean, you hear offer lists like that, Bryce. That doesn't sound like a three-star, number 613 in the country, 88 guy. Not to me. Anymore. Is that what he's ranked as? Yeah, yeah. Hey, but wow. it, it takes a, sometimes it takes some time for the, the scouts to get eyes on some guys. Right, Bryce? Gotcha. He's, I mean, he's from Alaska. So we know how many scouts <laughs> out of Alaska. You know what I'm saying? Brandon Huffman gets up to Alaska sometimes, right? Right, right. I mean, <laughs> I, I think here's the thing about him, too. He's essentially nose tackle. I know we were Gene and us, we were talking, and they're playing him at def- defensive end. So I, I don't know. It's tough to evaluate a guy when he's kind of playing out of position. I think oh. this season he's going to be playing obviously more inside and interior, but he's six three. I want to say he's over three hundred pounds. It's just Felt tough like to. It. So it's and at that point it's tough to evaluate those type of guys because there's not many. You know what I'm saying? There's just not many of those guys, especially in the Midwest. So when you do have them, like a Justice Scott, you kind of have to go after them kind of hard. And this is what you're seeing. And Sam, to your point, regardless of the ranking, look at the offer sheet. Yeah, man. He just picked up Florida. He's gonna pick up a couple more. I'm yeah. hearing. I mean. This is a guy that's about to blow up. What do you think about him as a talent, Gene? I just gave his offer list, but what do you think about his game? Like, how how good do you think he can be? I I think that he's a four star a four star talent all day long. Um, when he is able to play inside, he causes havoc. Like I said, I saw him against Dallas Town, um, and I mean they couldn't get a pass off. It was to that point, it felt like the water boy just. Rushing through the line, they couldn't get a pass off. Um, he was causing major havoc. And like I said, you know, when they went up against a bigger opponent, and I did talk to his coach about it, and they love his flexibility, so he plays all along the line. Um, and so I just think that where you put him in a spot where he can hone in, he does have some, push, some pass rush skills. 
uh, just needs a little bit of coaching. But when you put him in a spot where that's his position, that's the focus, I think sky's the limit. I think he's a big-time player, One probably top five in the state of Pennsylvania. Hey, so so you can tell this is Gene's first time. Like the camera goes down to his mouth, then it goes to his forehead, then it goes. <laughs> but why do I keep Gino around? He's my guy, and I know he knows talent because Gene was the first one to tell me about LaShawn McCoy. Gene, Michael was, Simpson. Yep, Micah Parsons. Before before Micah was Micah. Don't you start. Gene was Woo. the Gene was the one was like, hey Sam, my man Micah Parsons, you got to look out for him. And they, they look at Gene, he a turncoat now. Like, now you, you show up at Dallas Cowboys games, man. And, and by the way, tell your man, tell your man next time you talk to him, hey, man, stop talking all that trash about Detroit. Like, I saw what he said about Detroit. Who wants he to go to Detroit it. as a free agent? I got respect for Detroit. I got respect for the Lions. Just because of my guy, Dre Barthwell, much respect, okay? But, I mean – you guys are an up-and-coming team. Up-and-coming means it takes Gee, some time. Gene, were you a fan of the Cowboys before Michael Parsons got there? I'm a fan of the Philadelphia Eagles and Michael Parsons. Yeah, right. So how does that work? How can you be a fan of the Eagles and then you hanging out with Michael? Don't you got to kind of separate the two? No. I want the <laughs> Eagles to win. I want him to do well. Okay. When we beat him, when we beat him, he didn't do well. Okay. Sorry to hear that. But, you know, I want him to do well, and I want us to win. Those two things can be true at the same time. Hey, I was rooting for him until he started talking about Detroit. Hey, man. You know what? It all goes back to his ill will that he has for the state of Michigan and how Michigan Wolverines did him wrong. How did Michigan Wolverines do Michael Parsons wrong? Bryce, you ain't going to believe this, Bryce. His dad, who's one of my best friends, called up to Ann Arbor and said, hey, I want my son to come up here for unofficial visit. They hung the phone up. He calls back. Oh, shit. He calls back. <laughs> hey, this is such and such Parsons. Hey, I'm trying to get my son to come up for unofficial visit. I think it was like Michigan State. And um, they said, oh, no, we're full. So finally, Soup Campbell, I'm not sure what his job was at that time, but Soup Campbell looks him, looks the name up to find out who the kid is. <laughs> he immediately he immediately calls back. Oh, yeah, come on up. Yep, come on. Oh, we can't wait to have you. This, that, and the other. So he goes up begrudgingly because the impression is, is off. I'm hyping it up like, oh, man, these are great people. You're going to love it. <laughs> he goes up there. The only person he really speaks to is Desmond Howard. They really don't speak to him. They don't talk to him. He sits at his table with recruits. There's no interaction. Now, I understand, you know, it's Michigan State. I understand that. But you got this kid, and I'm telling you, like, you got the ultimate end. Just just do your job. Just do your job, and I'll take it from here. I shouldn't say that, but I'll take it from here. I got it. They did neither. They got him up there. Props to Sue Campbell. Anytime I see him, props to Sue Campbell. That's my guy. But you can't drop the ball. I was mad for a long time. It took me a while to get over that. And I kept telling Sam, like, yo, they got to start talking to this kid. We went to Nike, to the Nike opening. Might have been the last Nike opening. I think it was. And he got a chance to meet Mr. Parsons and Micah. And he found out that I was right. Yeah, Am I man. Not right, Sam? Yeah, yeah. 
Okay. That's why I said, man, I was a fan, but then he started talking about my team, man. He started talking about my team. Yeah, because I, re- I remember. I was like, man, this is a cool dude. Like, we rolled from the airport. Remember yeah. we rolled from the airport over to the spot? And I was like, man, this is a cool – Michael Parsons is a cool guy. Then he started talking – He started talking ill – he has ill will for the D. <laughs> I'm just like, okay, man, I, we – you know, we got but now to you understand line. why. Bryce, does it make sense why he would say this? That's wild. That's wild. <laughs> that is wild. All right, let's get back on topic. That was story. That was more story time. Let's get back on topic. Okay, go ahead. Bryce and I were talking about quarterback recruiting. That was a big topic in the last episode. The number one, two, and three quarterbacks in 25 are all mm-hmm. Michigan targets. But now right. – so, Bryce, lay out. Let's, let's handicap it. I've been saying that since they got Jaden Davis – your odds go down with Bryce Underwood, but you still recruit him and you hope that that turns around. Things have been trending, though, it seems, up with Cutter Bowley and with George McIntyre. But your, your latest intel suggests that things are looking another way with those two. Yeah, so basically with Cutter Bowley, I'm hearing it's kind of trending towards Kentucky. With George I think he's so wide open. Michigan's probably maybe top five-ish, but, I mean, they're battling a lot of big-time schools. And, obviously, Bryce Underwood can just pick a name out of a hat. He's the number one quarterback in the country. So, where should Michigan look? I kind of suggested, and I'm not saying that. I'm saying if all three go elsewhere, and even not, I'm a huge fan. And I want to hear what your opinion is, Gene, of Stone Saunders. I think he's a stud. So I don't know what's your take on him. Or how, how do you feel Michigan sits with him? You know what? It's hard to judge because this kid doesn't even talk much. He doesn't right. talk much. Uh, now, he lives about five minutes away from me. So this is somebody that I know. I know the program. And he's he's been a starter since he's been a freshman. Um, he's been a record-setting player every year. Um, I think that Michigan – is, is looks great in his eyes. You're talking about a kid that wears Michigan gear all around school. If you would ask a coach or any teammates, they all say, oh, yeah, he's going to Michigan. That's that's what we get here. Um, and I know that people are aware of the attachment between the Harbaugh's because his dad is the strength and conditioning coach for the Baltimore Ravens. Mm-hmm. So there's a relationship there that dates back. And so um, I think because of that relationship, that he kind of just like Michigan, but you know, everybody around here close to the program, they all say that kid's going to Michigan. Now it's been a while since I've been told that because he's been taking some visits um, along with Rico Scott. And so I haven't heard that, but I'll be checking to find out as far as the talent. I think he's a great player. Um, he, he shows up in big games. He, he plays the way that you would want a, a four or five star quarterback to play. He's big time. Yeah, and again, you mentioned the end there. That that might be why, ultimately, Bryce, at the end, he might be the guy that they had the best shot at because, look, it is hard to stack five stars. It's very hard to say. Not impossible. We've seen other schools do it. And Michigan, Ohio State. Michigan, yeah, Ohio, man, we talked about that. <laughs> we talked about that. Ohio State <laughs> has been able to stack five-star quarterbacks, and then you let it sort itself out, Right. Uh, but that is the exception and not the rule. You can try to do that. Odds are, though, it might be another tier of, of quarterback that's still really good but is a little more on the developmental end, a guy who you think has high upside, but he's not coming in expecting to start right away 
like maybe a five-star number two guy in the country is. A guy like Stone Saunders is a really, really good player, right? But he might be a little more, might take a little more time to develop, whereas, you know, these other guys, Bryce Underwood, I know for a fact, wants to start as a true freshman. Well, a guy like Stone Saunders has high upside. He might want to be okay with starting as a as a sophomore in his second or third year in the program. That That when you get a stagger like that, it can be ideal. Uh, So we'll see how it goes, but that might be the best shot that Michigan has, Bryce. Yeah, I, I, again, I'm a huge fan of Stone. I think he won the Gatorade Player of the Year at the state of Pennsylvania. So, I mean, this is not some like bum we're talking about. This dude is a, he's a baller. And I I got one more quick question for Gene, I guess, and you might not like this question, but like comparison wise, who would you compare him to? I've never thought about that. Um, wow, I don't know, Bryce. I'm gonna have to think about that one. Okay. Um, he's okay. not. He's not. Uh, I've seen a lot of great quarterbacks come out of Pennsylvania. You know, Chad Henney's. Um, I man, he's not a huge dude, right? No, he's about six two. Right, uh, six two. Like I say, he's quiet, but he is a leader. Um. I don't know who I can compare him to. I I just don't. But I know that he is the ultimate gamer. I've seen him throw picks, bounce right back like it was nothing, and throw touchdowns. Like he is, he is the leader of the Bishop McDevitt program, and um and everybody rallies around him. I think he's a he's a great player, and I don't think that he stays in state either. Mm-hmm. Yeah, man, that's that's cool. So a couple of more guys before we let you go, Gene. I know you've. A guy we don't talk about a, a great deal, but he is high on Michigan. He's going to OV on uh, in the defensive backs ranks. Also from PA, Emilio Agard uh, is a guy that I know you've been out to see. Um, uh, not not a guy we hear from a lot, but again, is expected to take an official visit to Michigan uh, here. I think this summer. Yeah, I, you know what? It's funny. Um, Emilio gets a gets a bad knock. Um, because of his size. Um, he's so he's not the biggest corner, but he's a kid that I think if you if you go back and look at his stats over the past two years, he's only had what eight completions allowed in two years of football? That's pretty big. And he plays for a top program. So he sees he sees best receivers all year long. Um, he plays against the IMGs, St. Thomas Queen. He sees guys all year long that can play. And, and and only allow eight catches in man-to-man coverage. That's that tells me a lot about his abilities. And the game that I went to, he played against. Uh, oh, I can't think of the kid's name. He's he's from Philly. He's going to Oregon. Um, he was a Michigan recruit. He played against this kid and blanking, no catches. Damn, so, man. yeah, I I think he's a good player. I think he's your perfect. I think he's really your perfect slot. Um, you know, he, he sticks like glue. Yeah, I think he's a slot guy. Like like Mikey saying, Bristol type dog? Yes, yes. Now, I don't know if he's as good as Mike. Mike is, Mike is phenomenal. Mm-hmm. I didn't know this was going to be the Mike that it is now, but Mikey's phenomenal. Um, but this kid can play. He, he works hard, and he loves Michigan. I would say right now, Michigan, Clemson, top two schools. Uh, for him, I know his parents love Michigan as well, 
And um, so I'm not surprised about the official visit because they told me back in the fall we'll be there for an official visit. So I think if Michigan pushes, they'll get this kid. Yeah, we'll see. That's an interesting point to make. You know, will they push? Because they, yeah. the way that they're trending with with some of these really highly ranked DBs, uh, it'll it, it'll be the same kind of deal potentially. Anyway, the same kind of deal with with space yeah. with space. Well, it's a good problem to have. Yeah, if if it's they get now they're in a they're already there with offensive linemen. Like they got to get there with DBs. We'll we'll see if they do. But I'd be remiss if I didn't ask you about Samaj Bridgman. I know that's another one of your guys that. You've talked to a lot to set to be a freshman uh, here in this 23 class. What do you what do you think about Samaj? I like Samaj a lot. I I think that he's underrated. Um, you're talking about somebody that's 6'2", 235, um, can run. He plays in the middle. He's a thumper. He's physical at the point of attack. He he ironically played played, played against Bishop McDevitt very first game of the season, and. Uh, Imhotep went on to beat Bishop McDevitt, and Samaj was all over the field. Um, he didn't get a chance to make a lot of tackles because his team was so loaded, but he was always in the right place, um, and he was all, always in pursuit. Um, so I think that Michigan's getting a heck of a player. I talked to some coaches who are in the Philadelphia circle. They think the same as well. So um, the fact that Michigan was able to get him away from Penn State Pitt uh, was big. I mean – this is the kid who might need a year or two to get into that strength and conditioning pro- program. But once that happens, sky's the limit. What do you think of his speed? That was what I always saw when yes. the scouts would talk about him. They would talk about his speed. Like, that was that was a question mark. What did you think watching him? I, I had the same question because I heard the concern. Um, and then I went and asked uh, a couple of trainers. Like I said, I asked the coaches. And and they said that's not a worry. They think his they think his speed is good enough. Um, and then I think I told you before that Hilo came in to see him, and Hilo was like, "He's explosive. He's a dog. I want him. That's all. That's all he cared about." Now, you know um, how fast he times in the forty. You're probably talking about a kid that'll run a four six. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Four six. Four, seven. Yeah, I think uh, CP, Chris Partridge, say I could work with that. Love CP. Love CP. Yeah, I think he said I could work with that. Well, Gene, uh, yeah. I am I am excited that, I mean, I think you were the first one to tell me about Stefan Diggs. What, didn't you tell me about Stefan yes. Diggs first? Woo! I mean, yeah. when I say Gino's record, his record as my man, as a roommate, ain't, ain't that good. But, <laughs> <laughs> but record spotting talent. It's pretty damn good. He was the first one to tell me about Stefan Diggs, man. Yeah. And that's how I yeah. got in with Stefan Diggs, people. Like, hey, this is this going to be a ball player. Yeah. If he went and to that's Maryland. That's what he told me about. Hey, I got a little brother you should watch out for. Yeah. He's right. Yeah, man. So, Ooh. yeah, Gino goes back. I, I'll say this in closing. You know, I've always been a, a guy who loves everyone, has friends of all races, oh, colors, and creeds. <laughs> but. It's there a was a time after after being a roommate with, with Gene a couple times on the road, I said, you know what? I need me some more white friends. <laughs> I, need, I need some more white friends. Because Gino was making all the brothers look bad. Like he, he doesn't he's like he like the brothers don't care about you. That's what that's what Gene had me thinking. It took me a while 
to shake that. Like my man Dre Bartwell was, he was wondering why, Sam, why don't you trust me so much? Are you stereotyping the brothers? And I say, man, Gene, to make you do that, man. You realize Gene Hankerson almost killed me, almost killed me on the road to the point where I said, I got to have, I got a lot of white friends already. I need even more. Cause Gene, oh, made hey, all, oh, Gene was making all the brothers look bad. I'm just saying. Well, I'll tell you oh, what. God. I'm just saying. I'll tell you what. Since that time, I have added my own group of white friends, and I love them just like they're you. I, I, I love them all the same. You can't tell me. I, hey, I've always had white friends. I said, man, I need some more. I need some more <laughs> to compensate for what Gene, man. how he's making all my all the brothers look. I started hey. looking at myself in the mirror, and I trusted myself. It was so bad. Like man. Hey, man, purple, white, blue is it's all good. Y'all, y'all, y'all. Listen, we do for a trip. We are due for a trip. We we are. You have your own room. That we'll be all right. <laughs> <laughs> we'll be all right. Gene, it was a pleasure, my yep. man. Uh, can't wait to appreciate see you guys. See you out on the road, and we'll talk to you again yep. soon. All right, man. Appreciate you guys. Y'all have a great day. All right, that was Gene Hakerson, folks. You'll be seeing him more and more on the Michigan Recruiting Insider and also on the Michigan Insider website. Always a play. See, so, so we have fun on the Bryce, you know we have fun on the road, don't we? I, a lot of fun. Sounds like. <laughs> I mean, I have fun with you on the road, too. Man, I listen to what we listen to. Jake Holm, the whole trip. Oh, yeah, you got to hear Jake. That, that's guy. I mean, that was Come on, man. Yeah. One of the greatest of all to. time. Yeah, you're going to hear that a lot. Heavy rotation. <laughs> Heavy rotation with me. so, But it's another. I wonder, are we going to be able to come back with the next episode talking about another commitment? Bryce, I mean, I, I said by the time Michigan gets to official visit season, or by the time they get to mid-May, I think is what I said in the last episode, that they could wind up with another, you know, three, four commitments in the fold. And I think we are trending that way. By mid-May, uh, if we count Blake Frazier in this mix, that that's one. I see at least two more in the fold by mid-May. That's that's my my thinking right now. Could there be more? Sure, there could be more. But that's a great reason to stick around over at MichiganInsider.com, right, where we will always keep you up to speed on the latest and greatest in football and basketball recruiting. Uh, as we are tracking the portal activity heavily over on the site, uh, obviously breaking it down with Tim McCormick on the Basketball Insider. We got young Davis Mosley, our intern, who's tracking things down. Dre Barthwell about to hit the uh, the AAU circuit with us as well. So you're going to start seeing that coverage amp up more and more, along with camp season on the football side of things, as we're about to hit that trail really, really hard. The coaches about to get out on the road, the eval period is up again, and you're going to hear about the coaches dropping in on different schools. So if you aren't a member of the MichiganInsider.com already, what are you waiting on? What are you waiting for? $1 gets you in your first month. You'll get access not only to the MichiganInsider.com, but all of the sites over on the 24-7 Sports Network. When you become a full paying member after that trial period uh, expires, you will also have access to Paramount Plus. That is terrific bang for your buck. Of course, if you listen to us, over on the podcast, be sure to like it. Be sure to subscribe to it. Be sure to tell all your friends about it. They can find it wherever they get their podcasts. That's Google, Stitcher, Spotify, iTunes, you name it. And, of course, if you watch us on YouTube, like the video. 
subscribe to the channel. That way, you'll get a notification every time we do a new video, and you'll always know, always know, when great, great content is hitting the Michigan Insider YouTube page. Until the next time, folks, thanks for watching another edition of the Michigan Recruiting Insider. The chilling new original docuseries on Paramount+. Plus. Why did he kill his family? The answer lies across the ocean and a woman named Sylvie. To the can model. Where desire leads to deception. I ended up spending twelve and $15,000 a day. It was addictive. I can't get you out. And obsession leads to murder. Who did this to your family? You can't really maintain a fantasy forever. Control all desire. Now streaming on Paramount+. Plus.